America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen, and you are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Yesterday, we started our conversation surrounding Chi Van Fleet and an interview that she did with the Epic Times. Epic Times has this wonderful program called American Thought Leaders, and they interviewed Van Fleet. If, if you don't recall, she is one of the parents who spoke at the Loudoun County School Board meeting um, you know, back there when when Loudoun County was was front and center in the news, and she has a very, a very distinct perspective, a perspective that explains, quite frankly, in detail what we are experiencing here in our country. She grew up in the Cultural Revolution in China. Mao comes in, the communists begin to move through through China and completely transform that that culture into into what it is today one that is ruled and controlled by the uh, by the CCP the Chinese Communist Party and and she grew up in that she she watched it unfold firsthand she was an eyewitness to you know being in kindergarten and learning that really her biological parents, well, I mean, they really weren't her parents. At least they weren't the parents that mattered. Really, who mattered? Uh, Chairman Mao, he's the one who mattered. The party, the CCP, that is what mattered. Your biological parents, mm, yeah, not so much. If there was an issue and you had to choose between biological parents and the party, you chose the party. You gave your your loyalty to the party. You gave your support to the party. One of the objectives of the Communist Party was to separate child from parent. They wanted to control the youth. One of the ways they, obviously, one of the ways they went about doing that was destroying history. If, if they could destroy history and rewrite history, they could indoctrinate the, the, the youth to come up and and learn a new history or a version of the history of of China that Mao wanted them to have. It is insidious. It's laced in deception and lies. Millions of people were killed, were murdered at the hands of the Chinese Communist Party during the Cultural Revolution and, of course, even today it's it's still un, unfolding and she makes the statement that we, we just don't know history today we don't and and we don't understand the purpose of of history number 1 not being taught correctly and number 2 history being erased so yesterday we we talked about it from the standpoint of of the parents being separated from the children we drew that correlation between communist China and and what's happening today in in many public schools where parents are left in the dark about what their children are learning or what their children are being told by classroom teachers or school counselors that, you know, you feel this way most likely because you're a, a boy trapped inside of a girl's body or a girl trapped inside of a boy's body. And you should probably begin that that whole transitioning process. And, and parents are left in the dark about that. 
it is one way of separating child from parent. It, you know, that we talked about that children are told to seek out a trusted adult in the school building, a trusted adult who understands what you're going through, understands your plight, understands the way you feel, because, you know, your parents, they're not going to understand so much. Yeah, I'm sorry, Johnny, but mom and dad, they're not going to, they're not going to understand the way you feel. We, however, we understand. We are the ones who can and should be trusted. This is very much, you know, taken from a page right out of Mao's playbook. I want to play another clip for you today where where she really talks about and dives into this whole idea of, of history not being taught correctly and of history being erased because it's it's relevant to where we are. Uh, we can go down the list and we can see where where things are unfolding in our country today just the way the Marxists would like them to unfold. All right, let's um, let's pause for a moment and, and listen to this clip of Chi Van Fleet. Yes, that is always something that the communists do. In order to control the children, you have to rewrite history. And uh, um, in China, the history was totally, totally rewritten. And the history that I learned was absolutely fiction. And I have, as, even today, I still have to detox the, all this junk they put in my mind. Those who control the present control the past. And when you control the past, you control the future. And so to me, is there's so many people here in America they don't see what we see. Why? Because they don't know the history. The history was so whitewashed. And in school, they were taught the crimes of the Nazi, the crimes of slavery. Few of them know the crime committed in the name of communism. Far more people killed, were killed under communism but they were taught communism is about a sharing. That's rewrite history. The history I learned was fiction, she said. Complete fiction. And that was the point. Mao said we, we have to, you know, starting in kindergarten, we have to teach these kids something different. They have to learn a different history. They have to learn a history that is, is filtered through communism. We've got to start lying to them, essentially. Of course, we're watching this happen in classrooms all over the country. We are watching uh, fiction being taught in history classes, fiction about our founding, fiction about the, the establishment of the country, fiction about what the founders believed, fiction about racism, fiction of about freedom and 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 what what the revolutionary war was actually fought for there are those who are lying to students in history classes all over the country who say the founders fought the revolutionary war because they wanted slavery and that's what they were fighting for they were fighting to keep uh, slavery legal well there is no factual basis for that 
and it is an absolute and complete lie. And teachers know it. They know what they're doing. I've got, I've got an article here that uh, that talks about really all the all the places that that critical race theory is is being taught all over the country. I might have time to get to it, but before I do, I would like to get to this to another article which uh, which says last week that the the Robert E. Lee statue that that came down during and right around the summer of love in in Charlottesville, Virginia, they they were tearing down statues left and right. And we were told it's because the statues were racist and and, and they had to come down. Robert E. Lee, by golly, his statue had to come down. And it uh, because it's a symbol of of evil it's a symbol of racism it's a symbol of white supremacy and we've got to pull it down and if you recall statues were coming down left and right it started you know being statues of of the confederacy but it didn't end there the founding fathers started coming down jefferson washington uh, they even pulled down statues of lincoln and they even pulled down statues of frederick douglas what? You got to be kidding me. If this is about, you know, racism, this is about white supremacy. Why would you pull down a statue of Frederick Douglass? Well, his history has to be removed because of course Frederick Douglass, uh, you know, Frederick believed in the Constitution. He believed in the Declaration of Independence. He was told at one point that the Constitution was a very racist document that it supported slavery. And he believed that for a time until he read it and studied it. And then he came out publicly and said, I was lied to. This The, the Constitution is, is not a pro-slavery document. There's nothing in here that promotes slavery. He said, as a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. It's a document that promotes freedom. Well, uh, you know, you can't have, you know, a, a great historical figure going around making that claim. That dude's got to go. I mean, he's got to go. So this article by Matt Walsh is an excellent article, and it's called Why the Destruction of Statues is a Proxy in the Overall War on American History. And he starts out by saying, for nearly a century, a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee stood in Charlottesville, Virginia. And in 1997, that very statue was listed on the National Register of Historic Places, which means, guess what? Um, it's it's worthy of, of being preserved. It's on the National Registry of Historic Places in the country, the statue of Robert, Robert E. Lee. Uh, a little over 20 years later, in the midst of public hysteria, of course, over the um, over the uh, death of George Floyd in the summer of love that that followed it, uh, you know, statues had to come down. Uh, 100-year-old works of art had to be uh, destroyed, even though 20 years earlier we marked them as as historic places, and, you know, which basically said they've got to be preserved. Well, not anymore. They've got to be torn down, and we were told they had to be moved to a museum. Well, last week, 
the Robert E. Lee statue, uh, the, the museum where it was taken to, and as uh, Matt Walsh says, in a symbolic humiliation ritual, melted the statue down and destroyed it. It will now, of course, be repurposed. You know, the, the, the words of those who destroyed it, it's going to be repurposed as, quote, an inclusive art display. It's going to be inclusive because the statue of Robert E. Lee was not inclusive. It didn't include everybody. No, uh-uh. it only included white people. And it only included evil white people, which I guess is all white people. So it wasn't inclusive. We're going to replace it with more inclusive art. Yeah, uh, art that that you know does not pertain to anybody who's white. It's 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 inclusive because we know white people aren't. I mean, that's the point here. This is how we treat our art and our historic monuments these days. It's especially how we treat historical figures like Robert E. Lee. But it wasn't always this way. Going back to the early mid-19th century, more than three decades during that span, Robert E. Lee served as an officer in the U.S. military. He graduated from West Point and went on to play a key role in the Mexican-American War, a war that uh, Walsh comments is one that we don't even talk about anymore, even though it changed the country forever. Uh, at the end of it, Mexico ceded a lot of territory to America, including California, Utah, Nevada, uh, a lot of what we now call Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado. Walsh points out that Lee's role in this victory earned him a series of major promotions. He was eventually named the superintendent of West Point, the military academy he once attended. Just a few years after Lee left the post, the state of Virginia, which was uh, Lee's home state, seceded from the Union. That point, Lee had a decision to make. He could accept a post with the Union Army, or he could defend his home state, uh, which of course would mean you know marching against his community, his family, and even his own sons. What we don't know about Lee, however, is that he did not support slavery nor did he support the idea of secession. But he chose, rather, to be loyal to Virginia because he was a Virginian. And, you know, back then, people were loyal to their states. It, it was the United States of America, but you were loyal to your state. And, and Lee chose his state over the federal government. He resigned from the U.S. military, joined the Confederacy, and won some of the most pivotal battles of the war. Often he was up against very long odds. After the war, Lee became a college professor and worked to unify the North and South until his death. Are, are we told that? Did the uh, BLM rioters ever you know, talk about that? When they were screaming that Lee's statue had to come down, you know, did, did they know and or talk about how after the war he he worked constantly to unify both North and South? No, no, there is no mention of that. There's only mention of that he, you know, he's a white man, and therefore we can't have a statue honoring him. He was remembered across political lines after the war as both an ingenious tactician and a man of principle and faith. Churchill called him one of the best generals in history. 
Eisenhower uh, demanding to know why he had a picture of Robert Lee in his office by a dentist. You know, yeah, a dentist. I don't know. Learned that Eisenhower had a picture of, of Robert E. Lee in his office and demanded to know why. Uh, Eisenhower responded, "Quote: He believed unswervingly in the constitutional validity of his cause, which until 1865 was still an arguable question in America. He was a poised and inspiring leader. From deep conviction, I simply say this." A nation of men of Lee's caliber would be unconquerable in spirit and soul. And we we don't have a nation of men that have Lee's spirit. Now, granted, there's some. I mean, they're out there. Some of us, I, I would say, have Lee's spirit. But you have to only look on one side of the aisle. It's not like the entire nation is just full of men. You know, one side of the aisle uh, has men and the other side does not. It's just that simple. The other side is, um, well, it's just a side that lacks testosterone. And of course it does, because they're all of the opinion that testosterone is toxic. You know, you can't be masculine. It's just, you know, you're full of toxins. Otherwise, you're just um, you're just a brute Neanderthal. Testosterone is a bad thing, unless, of course, you want to inject it in a 14-year-old girl, then it's fine. I mean, if you want to turn the girl into a boy, then, hey, testosterone is great. It's like the elixir from heaven, by golly. Uh, You know, that's why it's not toxic then. As long as you're giving it to 14-year-old girls, you know what? Keep it going. All right, let's pause for a second. We will pick it up on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Beans List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. 
natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio, which is a rising voice in the new media. It's where smart people go to get their news and information. So congratulations on being one of the smart ones. Congratulations on making it to The Dean's List. We are happy to have you on board. We are discussing the, the parallels between the Cultural Revolution and China. When, when Mao took over versus what's happening now. This whole conversation really started because Chi Van Fleet uh, was a guest on American Thought Leaders, which is an, an Epic Times production. And they had a wonderful interview with her. And it's, it's eye-opening listening to her speak about what she experienced as a, as a little girl as Mao is taking over the country, forcing communism down the throat of everyone. And, and she's drawing parallels to now. And we, in the previous segment, we played a clip where she said, uh, you know, Mao said that the history had to be revamped. She, she made this statement in that clip that whoever controls the present controls the past. And whoever controls the past can control the, the future. Because if you are in control in the present in this moment, you, you can you can manipulate the past. You can manipulate history in, in whatever way you see fit. And that's what Mao did. Mao burned books. He um, he destroyed history any way that, that that he possibly could. And we're watching that happen here, ultimately with with the removal of statues ultimately with the way we're teaching history, ultimately with the lies that we're telling our students in history class. So, you know, she said, whoever controls the present controls the past. And if you control the past, then you can control the future. So who's in control of the present in this moment? You have a news media that, that, that speaks one thing. There are talking points that come down the line and they speak one thing. The other day I played a clip for you of uh, news media from all over the country, local news stations, and they were literally all saying the same thing verbatim about Mike Jan uh, Johnson. And the statement was that he, uh, there were three things they were saying about him. One of the things was that he was a, a Trump supporter. I mean, they made that clear. The Louisiana legislator is a Trump supporter. The other thing they were repeating is that he attempted to, he was unsuccessful in his attempt to overturn the 2020 election. Oh, and then the other thing that they repeated was that he is an election denier. The election denier, Mike Johnson, election denier, Mike, election denier, Mike. And this, you know, this, the same narrative was being repeated on news stations all over the country, not just coming out of, you know, national stations. Uh, 
not just coming out of CNN or MSNBC or the nightly news from the three networks. Mm-mm. It's it it trickles down. It's the same. It's the same talking point. It's the same narrative. You know, so we ask, who is in control of the of, of the present? Well, the news media is all on one side, that's for sure. And it's not the side of Mike Johnson. I can tell you that right now. It's not the side of Mike Johnson. And they're going to start, you know, oh, they're going to start churning things out about Mike Johnson. And before we know it, uh, he's going to be this right-wing Christian nationalist conservative who you know, wants to impose a new government of Christianity on the people. I mean, that's what we're going to hear. I promise you that's what we're going to hear. That's that's what's coming down the pike. They are in control of the present. Who else is, is, is in control of the present? Well, schools are in control of the present. Where, where your child gets educated, whoever's doing the educating in that school, they are in control of the present. And there are Plenty of school districts throughout this country where Marxists are in control of education. Marxists are in control of the pre- of the present. Now, it's not happening in all of them, but we know it's happening in a lot of them. And, and Marxists are then controlling the past because then they're welcoming in CRT. Let's welcome in you know, what we're going to teach the kids in terms of history. And how we're going to teach it to them? How can we lie to the kids today? You know, I I mentioned several weeks ago that my alma mater, Oakland University, had this conference before the the school year started, and they invited history teachers in from all over the region. Let's come in, and it was all about CRT, and it was all about how is how are you teaching critical race theory in your history classes? And let's let's talk about this, and how can we? Come up with new ways to lie to the kids. I mean, you know, that wasn't on their marketing material, but I mean, that's what's happening. They're all trying to come up with new ways to to lie to the kids because that's from the Marxist playbook. Mao would be proud. So Van Fleet says who controls the present, controls the past, and then they control the future because they can dictate what the kids learn. Or what they don't learn. And, and it kind of steers the future. She said it's a whitewash of history. That's what she went through. And she said it, that's what's happening now. It is an absolute, what she termed in her words, a whitewash of history. I've got another clip I'm going to listen, you know, we're going to listen to here in a minute of uh, one of the BLM leaders and activists speak to this idea of of a whitewash of, of history and you're going to get their take and their spin on on what they believe is a whitewash of history but this comes from you know Chi Van Fleet come this this is this is the perspective of a woman who went through it as a little girl China was not communist and then all of a sudden it was and 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 Mao was able to succeed in that by destroying history. And she's just making the statement, hey, we're watching this unfold before our very eyes. She said, right now the kids are taught that, you know, communism is just about sharing. You know, it's having everything in common. It's it's giving to your neighbor. If you see someone in need, then well, you're 
you're just going to help them and and you're going to give them what they need. It's it's sharing. It's 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 communal love. We're all in this thing together. And that sounds great. It really does. But on the surface, that never works. Uh, you know, the pilgrims tried it and it does not work. As a matter of fact, it's Thanksgiving here in a couple of weeks and we're going to we're going to take some time and we are going to have actual history class here on the dean's list. We're going to take a few days and have actual history class on on the pilgrims, who they were, what they tried, because they tried communism here in America. The very first experiment, the very first attempt at communism failed miserably, and we have the writings to prove it. <laughs> I am so excited about that history class that's coming up. All right. Yeah, that's that's going to happen. Well, Van Fleet says that this whole idea where, where we're teaching our kids that communism is a is about sharing is complete rewriting of history. That's what we're doing here. We're just rewriting history. And by golly, they're doing such a good job of it because uh you know, kids today are all about communism. They're all about socialism. They're all about, yeah, let's give this a shot. Let's give it a try. Ah, uh, I've got a stat. Oh, I put this in an article a few months back. I'm not going to remember the numbers off the top of my head, but a disproportionate number between this current generation of young people and their parents, uh, where a majority of the parents uh, do not support socialism, but a majority of the young people do support socialism. And in the article, I asked this question, so if the parents don't support socialism, but the kids do, where did the kids learn that? Hmm? Huh? I mean, can anyone, any of you smart ones out there, answer me that question? Where, <laughs> if the parents aren't supporting socialism, how is it that the kids are like, yeah, let's go socialism. We're on team socialism. Well, they're learning it in school. They're, they're, they're learning it from places outside of, uh, of the home, that's for sure. Maybe social media. Uh, I mean, it's probably a combination be between school and social media, maybe mostly school. Um, it's, a, it's a complete rewriting of history. And that's what Van Fleet is saying. And this article that, that we started to dive into from Matt Walsh is really stating the same thing. You know, this statue of Lee, it had to come down. Now, they're saying, you know, the, the left says the statue had to come down because of white supremacy, because of racism. The actual truth is the statue had to come down because history has to be rewritten. We have to teach our kids a different version of our history right out of the Mao playbook. Oh, this article continues. We left off with Eisenhower's quote. Uh, you know, that he said, I, I simply say this, a nation of men of Lee's caliber would be unconquerable in spirit and soul. And then I made the statement today that we no longer have a nation of, 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 of men that have Lee's caliber, uh, you know, which it just doesn't exist. I mean, I would say that men on the right have it. I would say men on the left do not. I mean, that's just my prediction. That's all. I'm not, you know, I'm not being mean. Uh, I'm not being mean, as as Lieutenant Joe would say, to our friends on the left. Uh, you know, our friends on the left, They, it's not their fault that they lack tes testosterone. I mean, they think it, it, it's a, a toxin running through their body, so why would they want it? 
you know, unless it's for the 14-year-old girls. All right. For the next few decades, most Americans agreed with that assessment, that assessment of Lee, that, you know, his caliber was, you know, his character. In the 90s, we had movies venerating Robert E. Lee, starring Martin Sheen, and no one lost their minds. It's true. Nobody lost their minds when Martin Sheen was Robert E. Lee. The Lee statue and statues like it stood in town squares all over the country, and especially in the South. It was not an issue, and they weren't vandalized. There were no angry mobs demanding their removal. Most people, including those who certainly cannot be described as Confederate sympathizers, recognize that the Civil War was fought at a different time, was fought in a different era, and there were noble men on both sides. But somewhere along the line in just the past few years, everything changed. Statues of Robert E. Lee and anyone like him had to come down, we were told. And they had to come down right away. There's no time to talk about it, no time to debate. Uh Uh-uh, nope. We don't have time. We can't discuss it. Statues have to come down. The statues weren't a problem for 100 years or more. But in the last 100 seconds, they became a problem. By golly, in the last 100 seconds, that statue's triggered me. And it was our duty to simply watch as the statues were toppled and carried away. Uh You know, for 100 years, these statues were fine. It sounds like prayer in schools because, you know, for a hundred years, prayer in school was the thing. It was the norm. For a hundred years, reading the Bible in school was the thing. It was the norm. The Bible was a blooming textbook. Uh, And all of a sudden, it became an issue. And then all of a sudden, we had a Supreme Court that just said, "Mm, we can't have this. Even though we've had it for, for literal decades a century or more, a century and more, I shouldn't, I, I should say. But all of a sudden, it had to go, and all of a sudden, these statues had to come down. I mean, and they had to come down now during the summer of love. There was so much love going on. I love these statues have to come down already. Walsh says, if you are a perceptive and insightful person, you might ask yourself, was this a sign of progress? Were we a better country back when a man like Robert E. Lee was widely respected? Or when we decided that we could not have any acknowledgement of him in any public place? Yeah. Which made us better, I wonder? You know, at what point were we a better country? Well, I think you know the answer. Which version of the country had greater racial harmony, Walsh asks. The one back in the 90s when Robert E. Lee statues were being preserved as historic monuments? Or the one in the 2020s during the summer of love? What what do you think? I can tell you it wasn't the 2020s. Uh, There was no racial harmony during the summer of love. Uh Uh-uh. But when there was respect, when there was actual respect for our history, yeah, there was definitely more racial harmony. That is for that that is for sure. Walsh continues to make the contrast clearer. The media did not evaluate voices as articulate as Churchill or, or Eisenhower to make the case against Robert E. Lee. Uh-uh. No, instead, they chose BML activists like Ziana Bryant. Do you remember her? So there is a clip here. 
Uh, I wonder if I can squeeze this in before the break. Let's. Uh, I am I am running out of time. I'm close out of time. All right, I'm not going to try to squeeze this clip in before the break, but I have a clip of Bryant, and she is, you know, she's one of the the BLM queens, uh, and she does not uh, she doesn't like Robert E. Lee. Uh-uh. I mean, she doesn't like anything to do with uh, with historical statues. Period. But she's asked this question. Uh, this was back in I want to say 21 when these statues were coming down. This might have been 20. It's right around that time when these statues are coming down. And uh, one of the CBS shows asked her, you know, a question about this, you know, specifically about the whitewashing of our history. And so there's a couple of clips that I that I want you to hear, and I want you to juxtapose her take on this um, against Eisenhower, against Churchill, who, you know, again, Churchill called Robert E. Lee one of the best generals in history, one of the best. And, you know, Eisenhower said that a nation of men of Lee's caliber would be unconquerable in spirit and unconquerable in soul. You know, but but during this interview, CBS doesn't, um, you know, they don't, they don't view Eisenhower and Churchill as being, you know, credible individuals, you know, who would have anything to say about, about Lee, you know, who, who was in leadership. Yeah, you know, these two men, of course, who are leading nations, I, what do they know about leadership? What do they know about Robert E. Lee? Nothing. We're going to go to this BLM leader over here. She knows everything. I mean, she's, uh, you know, she's an expert on on the subject. I mean, you know, we have to ask her because it's about racism and it's about white supremacy. And, and we know that's what Lee was all about. He was a white supremacist. He was a racist. He was evil. So let's ask BLM. All right, so we will get to these clips on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time.
America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And by now, I trust uh, you have gone to the America Out Loud shop at americaoutloud.shop or go to America Out Loud News, click the shop link. And uh, hopefully you have used coupon code OUTLOUD25 to get 25% off of your Cofix RX order. Uh, you're going to want the nasal spray, and you're going to want the throat spray. My friends, flu season is right around the corner, and I implore you, defend yourself and defend yourself well. And one of the best ways to do that is to go to americaoutloud.shop, use coupon code OUTLOUD25, and get 25% off. 25% off is a stellar deal, and Cofix RX is a stellar product. Throat spray and nasal spray. Use them both. Mm, you are going to thank me. And, and please do. Please send me a note of thanks. Just say, Dean, thank you. Thank you for telling us about Cofix RX because by golly, it's bailed us out. I can attest to it already. It's bailed me out this year. And um, I've, I've got <laughs> I've got a stash of it and I'm ready to go. It's in my office. You know, I'm around little kids all day. So, uh, you know, I, I run a, a a classical Christian school, and I'm around little kids all day long. As a matter of fact, yesterday I went outside, and I didn't realize the little kids were on recess, but, you know, the third and fourth graders, and I go out there. Uh, I don't even know what I was doing. I think I was putting something in the dumpster, but these I hear these little kids say, Mr. Bowen, Mr. Bowen, do you know how to play chaos tag? You know, well, of course I do. And I say, well, yeah, of course I know how to play chaos tag. Will you play chaos tag with us? <laughs> how can I say no to that? You know, I mean, I'm in my dress shoes. I, you know, I'm in my suit and and I, you know, my my suit. Go, I didn't have a tie on, you know, to my credit. Otherwise, it would have really been rough. And I said, well, OK. And I'm thinking I'll just play for a few minutes. And I'm telling you, 25 minutes later, I spent probably... 25 minutes of my day yesterday running around in a heavily heated game of chaos tag, which I lost. And if you don't know anything about chaos tag, it's chaos. I mean, everybody's it. That's it. It's just wild. It's it. And whoever tags you, I mean, when, when you're tagged, you have to sit down and then you watch. And the person that tagged you, when they get tagged, they have to sit down. You get to stand back up. And so you're back on the game. It is chaos, but it is a blast. I'm telling you, it's a blast. Um, and so I'm just around little kids all the time. And I've got to keep Cofix RX handy. I mean, I just, uh, just, you know, use it when necessary. Use it when necessary. All right. Coupon code OUTLOUD25. Okay. So back to this article, uh, Matt Walsh is... Uh, he's talking about uh, this Robert E. Lee statue that that came down uh, during or around the summer of love. And uh, last week it was melted down at an undisclosed location because we want to turn it into inclusive art. All right. And we're talking about Chi Van Fleet, who said, you have to be 
on the alert when your history starts to be removed and destroyed. You've got to be paying attention. And so we're paying attention right now because our history is being removed. It's being destroyed. We're being lied to. Our kids are being lied to in the classrooms, and we've got to be paying attention to this. So I've got a clip. This is uh, Ziana Bryant. And again, this is, I think, 2021 CBS. And, and they ask her this question. The, uh, the anchorette says, what do you say to your critics who feel like removing the statue is whitewashing history or erasing a section of our history? I would say actually erecting these monuments is whitewashing our history. Um, at the time of emancipation, Charlottesville and the surrounding area was majority black. And you don't see that narrative by having Confederate monuments standing in the center of parks, towering over whole communities. What you see is you see a romanticized version of the South. You see um, memorabilia that makes people feel good about the Civil War. But it doesn't tell the story of the South losing. It doesn't tell the story of the Confederacy falling. Um, and so I think that we cannot erase history. We can't edit it. Um, in fact, history already happened. So people can Google, people can use textbooks. There are many other resources. There are whole museums that teach people um, about those legacies and about the history of what happened here. Um, but what I think we're doing with removing these statues is we're no longer offering a platform for white supremacy. And I think that by deplatforming um, and decentering those harmful narratives um, that perpetuate violence and that perpetuate oppression um, is one of the most powerful things that we can do. So she answered that question uh, by saying erecting the monuments is whitewashing history. We began whitewashing our history the second that monument was erected. As soon as we put that monument up, we began to whitewash history because uh, that monument represents white supremacy. You know, at the end of the clip, you know, she says we're no longer offering a platform for white supremacy. The uh, uh, that platform uh, perpetuates violence and oppression. You know, violence and oppression. That's what that statue represented. That statue represented white supremacy. And we began to whitewash history, and that statue went up. You know, so we're not whitewashing it now. You know, we're not taking, we're not destroying history now. We're not changing history now. I mean, history is out there. She said it happened. I mean, you can Google it. Uh, you know, we didn't. We we're, we're just. You know, we just don't want. We want to get rid of this platform of violence and oppression. That's all we're doing. You know, taking down these statues. This is. You know, she said this is one of the most powerful things we can do. To to remove something that perpetuates violence, and oppression. See the 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 guys that they operate under just sound so great. I mean, who, you know, we all want to remove violence. We all want to remove oppression. But the lie here is that this statue caused violence and oppression. And the statue didn't either. The statue honored a great man. <gasps> Dean, how dare you say Robert E. Lee was great? He fought for the South. Well, um, I mean, okay. Uh, Virginia's in the South. Does that mean Virginia isn't great? I mean, Washington, D.C. is in the South. Does that mean it's not great? I mean, all of the states in the Union, does that mean they're not great? Does that mean all the people that live in, in, in the Southern states, I mean, not the not the, all the states in the Union, but all the Southern states in the Union, 
Does that mean all those people that we have to cancel those people because they live in those states? I mean, those states are horrible. And, you know, Tennessee is horrible. Um, you know, South Carolina, horrible. Georgia, horrible. Alabama, horrible. Texas, horrible. They're all horrible. You know, those states that seceded to preserve slavery, should we just cancel the states? I mean, shouldn't we just do that? Um, look, if those states aren't evil, how is this statue evil? You know, how is this stat statue creating violence and oppression? Matt Walsh says, uh, listen to the argument she was making two years ago. She's supposedly not objecting to the existence of the statue of Robert E. Lee, at least not explicitly. Instead, she's saying that it doesn't belong in a prominent public place, that it shouldn't, quote, stand in the center of parks, towering over whole communities. She insists that there are whole museums that people can go to, that if they want to see a statue like this one. People can even Google pictures of the statue if they're so inclined. Ah, yeah, I mean, just go ahead and Google it. I mean, the history is out there. It happened. You can Google it. Whatever the case, the argument was that BLM isn't trying to erase history. No, we're, we're BLM. Why would we want to erase history? We're not trying to denigrate this nation's heroes or mock white people for honoring one of the most brilliant generals in the history of the country. No, of course they're not doing any of that. They're just trying to put everything in its proper historical context. She said the Lee statue, quote, doesn't tell the story of the Confederacy falling. She complains as if the role of a statue is to explain 19th century history in detail. It is not. There were a lot of black people in Virginia, she goes on to say, and Lee was not black. Therefore, this statue needs to come down and go to a museum where it belongs. None of that made any sense. Unless, of course, the goal was never to move the statue of Robert E. Lee, but instead destroy it altogether. Oh, oh, so that's what we're trying to do here. We don't want to actually move the statue to a museum. No, no, we want to destroy it because we have to destroy your history. Hmm. If that was the intent, then everything just went according to plan. Walsh continues, as I said at the top of this article, activists and university faculty members, with the help of local legislatures, just melted down the statue of Robert E. Lee in secret in an undisclosed location. They won't even say what the state the foundry is in. Uh-uh. No, we're just going to destroy it. But then, of course, they're going to video the destruction of it. Um, you know, and they're going to post it and they're going to gloat. Walsh says they gave an inanimate statue of a Civil War general the Terminator treatment. They melted it down and filmed it. Why did they do that exactly, he asks. It wasn't to make the area safer for anyone. In fact, he points out, just a few days ago, a black male was murdered by another black male a short distance from where the statue used to be. So what's the real purpose of all this? Hmm? Really, what's the purpose? Here's a clue. He says, all those images of the statue being melted down were accompanied by a lot of gloating. Oh, yeah, see, that's the point. The Washington Post, for example, spoke to the executive director of Charlottesville's Black History Museum. The director said, quote, well, they can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. 
There will be no tape for that. Hmm. The Washington Post went on to interview another University of Virginia activist behind this destruction. Uh, Jelaine Schmidt, who directs the Memory Project at UVA's Karsh Institute of Democracy. She said she felt like she was preparing for an execution of sorts. Quote, like if there's a rabid dog in the neighborhood that's being that's been hurting people and it needs to be euthanized, end quote. She also said, we want to transform it into a piece of art that the community can be proud of and gather around and not feel excluded or intimidated. Because, of course, Walsh says, when you euthanize a rabid dog, you put it in a furnace and everyone gathers around and celebrates that they won't be intimidated anymore. Makes perfect sense. Turning the Lee statue into a, quote, inclusive art display isn't a humiliation ritual at all. We're supposed to believe that. Mm -hmm. We're also supposed to believe that the statue was hurting people. How was it hurting people, Walsh asks? Was it doing harm to them? Was it coming alive like night at the museum and assaulting innocent civilians in the middle of the night? What kind of damage was it causing? And why didn't anyone ever notice this damage or mention it for the first eight or nine decades of the statue's existence? And my friends, that is the true question. That is the true question for 80, 90 years. I mean, this this statue was there and, and, and people loved it. Nobody complained that it was hurting them. Nobody complained that they felt assaulted, that they felt oppressed, that violence was being perpetuated upon them. Why are people in the 2020s more hurt by Civil War memorials than people who lived closer to the actual Civil War? How did the wounds of the Civil War become fresher over time? It doesn't make sense until you realize that the campaign to tear down Confederate statues was always, from the very beginning, a reason to absolutely overthrow American history. They just can't be honest about that. They never have been, and they never will be. All the deception is necessary because these activists have much bigger plans. They never plan to stop with melting down the Robert E. Lee statue. Indeed, the Lee statue is far from the only statue that's been destroyed or essentially destroyed in recent years. And, you know, we've talked about this. Uh, I mean, they were taken, you know, Jefferson's gone. Lincoln's gone. Frederick Douglass, gone. According to an investigation from the Madrid newspaper L. Uh, P-A-I-S, it's French, so I don't know if it's Pace or Pays, I don't know. I don't speak French. The city of Richmond maintains a secret open-air graveyard for statues that were toppled in 2020. These statues are disassembled and thrown into storage. A lot of contractors apparently passed on these disassembly gigs for obvious reasons, but eventually, Democrats in the state landed on a guy named Devon Henry to destroy many of them. Quoting from this uh, investigation by this Madrid newspaper, Henry estimates that he has dismantled 24 structures between Richmond and Charlottesville. The latter is home to the University of Virginia and is one of the cities that acknowledged historical pain and chose to melt down and reuse the materials. They've destroyed pretty much every statue remotely associated with the Confederacy. That includes a monument to Stonewall Jackson, who likely was a hero of the Mexican-American War. 
and he was widely regarded as one of the best military commanders in history. All this to say they're not putting any of these statues in museums. The museum gambit was always a lie, something that only the most gullible among us could have fallen for, and sadly, there are a lot of gullible people among us. That said, there's maybe one exception, the Jefferson Davis statue. Uh, Post-BLM riots, this statue was displayed in the Valentine Museum in Richmond, toppled, desecrated, and covered in graffiti. But at least it wasn't melted down. I mean, you know, that's a good thing, right? Of course, there are many more examples, but you get the point. There was never any intention to memorialize history here. Leftists are doing something to leaders of the Confederacy that they won't even do to Nazis. They're erasing them completely. You can still walk into the World War II Museum and see Nazi artifacts if you want, including Nazi posters and flags and weaponry and even board games. But they don't want you to see anything or any relics of the Confederacy under any circumstance, whether it's in a museum or not. In fact, even if you agree with removing the Lee statue in Charlottesville, which I, which I don't, you must at least acknowledge that it is an historic artifact. It's literally registered as such. All of the controversy over it just makes it more historically significant. There was no valid reason to destroy the thing. The destruction is a gratuitous act meant to send an ideological and political message. Uh, that's why the mob quickly moved from the Confederacy to tearing down any statue of pretty much any white person who was born prior to the 20th century. Even Teddy Roosevelt came down. The leftists uh, have been overrun by Marxists, and they want to destroy our history. And we know why, according to Chi Van Fleet. We absolutely know why, because uh, Marxism wants to change the future. They want to control the future, and they're going to they're gonna do so whatever by whatever means possible. All right, my friends, that is all the time we have for today. We've got to stay alert. We've got to keep our eyes open. We've got to keep our heads on a swivel. Invite your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.